It's the Generation Zen Podcast, Episode 5. We're back after a week hiatus. We needed a break. It was important we took it. But now we're recharged, we reamped, and we're ready to get this episode underway. And to get this episode underway, talking about all things gaming from the 2000s, I'm joined by my good friend that I've known for many years, Jeremy. How you doing, dude? You know, just hanging out in, inside, staying safe, you know? <laughs> now, we known each other way back when, since... Since, like, first grade, yeah, probably, Yeah, first right? grade, dude. So, that's... How old were we? Six? Seven? Now we're 22? I think about six. Honestly, I always forget how old I was in, like, grade school. Ah, it's so crazy. I don't remember ever having anything like this, what's going on now, happen. Like, not even close, because... The 2008 recession, we didn't really, we we knew what was going on, but we were still young, you know, mm-hmm. so we didn't really feel it because we we're in middle school. And unless you like your parents were affected or, you know, you heard it on the news and stuff. But I mean, this is just like, I think every single age group is feeling this in some way. Oh, absolutely. I think the last time our country has been like shook to the core like this is 9-11 we were like i was in preschool when that happened so i don't really remember that very well no i don't remember it at all honestly and this isn't just our country obviously this is a global global pandemic right so like the thing about 9-11 for us was i don't know about you but i don't even remember where i was because it was so long ago and it was we were so young and this very yeah you know, I like, have very vague memories. I, I was in preschool, and I remember, like, my, my mom rushing to pick me up early and all, the, like, the adults seeming really concerned, and I didn't really know what was going on. That's, like, I have a memory of that, and my mom, like, was supposed to be at work, so I was just really confused why she was there so early. And I was like, why, why are you picking me up? And then she's like, don't worry about it. I'll t- tell you later. And then she just got me home, and they kind of explained it to me, but, like, not really. Yeah, and we couldn't even grasp it. I mean, it, it took... It even took years after it happened to really grasp what was going on because, again, we were just so young. And even hearing about it in kindergarten, first grade, we didn't really wrap our mind around it until, like, much later. But this – Oh, yeah, exactly. This, I feel like even, like, an elementary school student or a middle school student is feeling this because they're obviously studying from home, you know, remote learning. Exactly. I think it's having, like, a really profound impact on everyone individually. I mean, even from my individual perspective – I was doing my student teaching this semester and I was, uh, you know, I was interacting with students and I had this whole like schedule set up and then now all the schools are closed. So it's, it's really interesting how that's kind of, it's, it's shaken everything up for me. Oh, absolutely. And what's crazy is I hear like the graduations, they don't know what's going to go on with the graduations. I heard something, some theory or some school was trying to do like a remote graduation, like do it online. Like someone, yeah, I saw a tweet where some school was going to do it on Roblox. <laughs> yeah, that was really I, funny. I saw the same thing. And I yeah. also saw someone talk about it on animal crossing. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was going to say like, I, I wonder if I could just do like my graduation on animal crossing or Roblox. On Roblox. <laughs> Honestly, Roblox would be really funny. Cause I started playing that game in like sixth grade. It'd be super full circle. Oh God. Yeah. So, I just want to briefly touch on that because it, it it is scary, and I wanted this show to be another fun, fun show and, and talk about the early times of gaming that we had and great memories and stuff like that because I think we all kind of need those now. So we were at the forefront of the whole 
internet celebrity thing in YouTube culture. Do you remember back in like middle school when we first started watching people play video games and we were some of the first people to do it and everyone in school looked at us like, why are you watching people play video games? We don't understand it. Do you remember those memories? Because I definitely do. I do remember that. I remember um, back when we were playing like Xbox in middle school, we would always talk about like the Call of Duty commentators. I know that's when like PewDiePie started. That's when like all these like really, well, I mean, most of them aren't big names anymore except for PewDiePie, but like all these like major all-stars, we were just watching them talk about a video game that we played. And that, and that time, it wasn't really as widespread as it is now, right? So people were like, why are you watching this person commentate a Call of Duty game? But eventually it became a whole subgenre that was like, probably at the time on YouTube, one of the biggest genres you could watch, which is crazy. Absolutely. I mean, someone could post a video talking about what they ate for breakfast <laughs> literally what they ate for breakfast with Call of Duty gameplay over it and get like 10,000 views which at the time was a lot it was crazy, was crazy. Yeah. like 10,000 people watching a guy talk what they ate for breakfast playing Call of Duty like what is this it was there was nothing like it at the time and I think our our group you know this generation of you know 20 maybe like ages like of 22 gamers. yeah of gamers yeah <laughs> of like 19 to 22 really started the whole YouTube uh, popularity we were the first like fans yeah we were the first fans because back in the day it was just like tv and things like that and when we started watching people play video games even just regular people in our school was like that's no like that's so weird why are you guys watching that but now it's the biggest thing on the internet yeah and it's like because youtube came came about like 2006 right about that yeah I, yeah i think roughly that year and that's when we were growing up and we were kids because i remember like i my first computer my solid dial-up pc like i would just boot up the, the pc i'd watch a bunch of youtube videos i'd get yelled at because we need to uh, use the phone and you couldn't use them all at the same time <laughs> yeah. but, um, <laughs> so like yeah i remember like i would just tune into the same people and i didn't really subscribe to people because i didn't know how so i would just search up their names i'd watch all their videos and i'd be like this is great but and it's like it's that generation of like gaming people that i remember I feel like all of us, all of our friends were like really inspired and we wanted to make YouTube videos with games too and stuff like that. Um, especially like the Minecraft era and the Halo era. I'd say those are two different eras of us as gamers. We're going to get to Halo because we're going to have a whole segment on Halo in a little bit because that was a life-changing game and experience, I think, for for all of us, uh, our friends oh, at that point. So we're going to get to that in a little bit, but... Yeah, especially the Minecraft era on YouTube and stuff like that. Remember, we would we would just talk about it in school, like, oh, this guy made this this house and this kind of building. We all watch the video and then we go do it. Like, this guy did this with redstone. Yeah, or... this guy did with it. Like, he built a gate with red redstone, and we did this. Like, you know, like the meat wagon twenty two. Like those, mm -hmm. you know, those guys. So it's it's crazy how entertainment has has evolved and and how I, I give our group like you know not just us but like you know our just us our age group yeah just us right our <laughs> age group credit for really starting this trend and changing the way we consume content you know obviously you're not going to find people playing call of duty on regular tv and they tried it and it just doesn't work you know this content only works well on the internet on youtube and stuff and i think you know guys like we, we talk about who are just kind of internet celebrities, quote-unquote, I guess, like, 
I don't know, Wings of Redemption, I guess, but... Ah, uh, Wings. <laughs> wings know, of Redemption. <laughs> wait, wings. Uh, he, was, he was a legend, and you had, like... Who are the other people? It was, like, Hutch. And yeah, Hutch, like, C-Nanners, X-Jaws. Oh, yeah, X-Jaws. Chris Smoove was a Call of Duty commentator before he switched to, you know, 2K, but... Yeah, now he does 2K, right? Or does he still do that? He does, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's he's still huge. And now he, he actually has a, a license with the NBA, apparently, to do, like, commentaries over, like, NBA highlights. Uh, which is oh, pretty wow. cool, but yeah, like the just the Call of Duty commentary era kind of spiraled because then that also became the Let's Play era. You know, I, yeah, yeah. I remember like the Chugga Conroys and the Nintendo Capri Sun back in the day. Like they were do, they're still around, obviously, and they're still big. But when they first started, just watching it on like a you know four four eighty p on a you know iPad or a crappy computer. Let's be honest, two forty p on an iPod Touch. Let's yeah, iPod right. Touch. Yeah, iPod Touch, and be like, yo, look at this. Like, I'll never forget that the guys on YouTube helped me get into a lot of games I love now, like Mario Sunshine, and they helped me get back into Pokemon after we kind of fell off of it for a while. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, just even just watching a guy play a game is a different experience than actually playing it. And now people understand that, but back in the day, like like we were talking about, it's just no one really grasped that concept before. Oh, exactly. And I feel like that's still some kind of, like, I, I don't watch as much of that kind of content now, but, like, I still watch people play games all the time, right? Like, I think it's something that's always been with me as, like, a content consumer, you know? I've, it's always been something I've been interested in. It's like, oh, I like this game. I want to watch this person play this game because I like this person's personality and I like the game, so why not combine both? Oh, exactly. Because it's just like, you know, just like listen to someone just chill, like, hang out with you and just talking about whatever, as opposed to traditional TV, which is very, you know, scripted, straightforward, you know, a lot of it could be fake, you know, this is just like, so, a lot of times so genuine, you know, in terms of Especially now with, like, with Twitch, unedited content, that became a whole thing, like, live streaming content. Oh, yeah. It's it's the exact same thing. Someone's chilling, playing a game, but it's like, you're just watching them experience it live, you know? Yeah. And, and, And Twitch is gigantic, so clearly there's still an appeal for that today, you know? Oh, absolutely. It's and again, just obviously the whole esports thing rose, but I remember us in Halo three going on the lobbies and people talking about how good this ninja guy was and we would look up like, Holy crap, this guy's crazy and now he's like the biggest internet celebrity on the planet. Chilling on Mixer. Chilling on chilling on Mixer now, yeah. How much did they give him to go to Mixer? Like a million dollars or something crazy like that? I, the rumor was I think between four to five million. <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy. I know. It's like no one watches Vixer, yet that guy is making bank, you know? Yeah. Oh. I mean, hey, he's the only one there. I mean, it's pretty... Yeah, he's the only one. Low, it's, a, it's low competition. He's <laughs> yeah. chilling. And if you get five million just to go there, it's like, that's that's years of work. Yeah, good, good for him, because honestly, like, the fact that he came just from a regular Halo, random Halo player to being such a celebrity is pretty crazy. I want to talk about Halo 3. Uh, yes. Because Halo 3, I think, kind of defines our generation. And not, oh, just, not just from the game aspect, but from the social aspect. Because we started playing, you know, custom games and doing social lobbies on Xbox Live. Some of my best memories. Some of the best memories ever, dude. And, and how, you know, middle school could be a kind of a hard time because you're, you're growing, kind of growing up and you're adjusting to different life and you know it's hard man it's hard but it's such a weird transitionary period it's such a weird transition so then you know after a rough week going home on a friday night and playing halo 3 all day with your buddies was such a good time oh really for sure 
honestly going home on every single night and playing L3 with your buddies was pretty much what it was. But um, yeah, uh, I remember like, I remember our friend, our friend Tom, I think had an Xbox before, before I did at least. And I think you got an Xbox like slightly before me or like something like that. No, I, I think I was, I got it later because my dad, oh, yeah. my dad, I was still playing the Wii and stuff. Um, and I remember right. the, the Christmas I got new Super Mario Bros. to the Wii, the, you know, the 2D game, which I, I love uh, personally. Good game. Great game. Yeah, really, yeah, really good game. Um, we got my dad for Christmas an Xbox 360. And I wasn't really into it at the time. You know, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it. But then I remember our friend Jack had me over his house. He's like, "Dude, you gotta play this game, Halo Three, because we I, I was too young to play Halo Two and One online." He had me over his house and playing Halo Three. I was like, "Holy crap, this game is so good! Like, I want to keep playing it." So then we got Halo Three for the Xbox, and then from there, just kind of I found out you guys were into it. We started talking again and playing games online. So I think I got it slightly after. I think I know Tom got it first, and I think. You and a couple other people got next. Yeah, I think because my my Halo origin story is kind of funny. Um, I uh, it, describing it as an origin story is a little bit <laughs> a little bit much. Yeah. But um, I remember uh, I was at some family reunion for my dad's side of the family with people I never saw before, and they had an, an Xbox, right? Like the original Xbox and the 360. So they, I remember they really wanted to play Halo Two, but I was just like. I wasn't super social because I think I was like what in fifth grade, so I was just hanging out with the other kids and they were playing video games. And I remember I really wanted to play, you know, Sonic 06, the infamously oh bad god, Sonic oh game? god, of course. I didn't know how bad it was, and I was a huge Sonic fan, so I wanted to play that game because they had it there. <laughs> oh, so I was like, oh, I want to play this game, and I played it for like an hour. I'm like, wow, this is actually quite bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I never, I never, as a as like a, a young child would have thought. Like, my icon Sonic would be that bad. But then they were like, yo, this game's bad. Let's play Halo. And I'm like, what's Halo? So they put in Halo 2. We just started playing, like, a Slayer lobby or something like that. And I remember I didn't know what I was doing. But then I got I got the energy sword. Like, I found a random pickup. on. I don't remember what map it was. I found the energy sword, and it just started, like, going off on these people. And I that was my first. I was hooked at that moment. I was like, I need an Xbox, and I need to play Halo, because this is the, the funnest gaming experience I've had. And I think, I, I don't remember when it was. I, I It was... Probably for my birthday, I think I got I got an Xbox 360 and I got Halo 3, and I as soon as I got it, I booted it up and I started playing, um, started playing Halo in my basement, chilling, play the campaign. Yeah, it's just such a, a unique experience because this whole online gaming thing was just so new to me when I started. I was like, oh wow, I could play you know games and talk to people online, and. It, Playing the custom games and, and downloading those maps was also really fun. You know, and then what's crazy, too, about Halo 3 is we reconnected with people that we knew, like, a long time ago who, like, moved. Of course, you know Chris, man. Of course, uh, yeah. Our buddy Chris, he moved, like, after a when couple years. We were in, like, years. second grade or third – no, third grade or something like third that. Third grade or something like that, and he was, like, a really good friend of ours, and he moved. And then I found out after playing Xbox Live that you guys reconnected with him. And then we all started playing Halo together again. It's amazing. Yeah, it's just amazing how, you know, just over a game and over, uh, you know, Xbox, we were able to just reconnect with so many old people and then reconnect with, like, his friends. Like, I, I, I also never forget, like, certain stories, too, because 
Remember when we were playing Halo 3 one time? I didn't tell you this all fair, so I think you're going to laugh because I don't know if you're expecting it. Yeah, yeah. Do you okay. remember when we were playing Halo 3 on the line and, and Chris's dad came in and made him make a sandwich? <laughs> yeah, I do. That's amazing. So he yeah. came home from work or yeah. something, and we're just playing Halo, like, custom games. And we hear his dad yelling in the background. He's like, Dude, we're all like, what's going on? What's going on? And his dad barges into his room. He's like, make me a sandwich, Chris. And we didn't know what was happening. We're like, dude, are you all right? He's like, yeah, I'll be right back. I got to make my dad a sandwich. And he gets up and he's like, what's going on? And like 10 minutes, it's like 10 minutes later, he's like, dude, are you all right? He's like, yeah, I don't know what that was about, but apparently my dad was really hungry. <laughs> and I'm, we're all like, what's going on? Like stuff like that was just oh, so man. random. We always talked about like drama too in school. Like, like, oh, this kid said this and we're just talking about it over Halo. Like, you know, yeah, that, that was like <laughs> our, our little hangout area was just like go on Xbox. Private and... hangout area because you didn't have to worry about people, you know, barging in on conversation or whatever. Like we would just talk about just random things over Halo and then enjoy the game. But just have a blast like we play like remember cops and robbers like i love cops and, cops and robbers. robbers was so fun just these games that you'd play in the game do you remember that one day that our friend um i don't remember who it was actually but like he had his friends in a halo lobby and we didn't like any of them and you me oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I and this. i think vin but vin wasn't playing halo i don't think i think it was you me vin we were in an Xbox Live chat privately, apart from that party. Oh, I remember this. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. There's a bunch of people from our school that we didn't like, and we were just, like, plotting to troll them. <laughs> yeah. I think we were playing, like, Duck Hunt or something yes, like that. Yes, yes. We were yeah. playing Duck Hunt and, and the arena game. Remember, like, when you and me got in the arena, and we were just, like, dancing around the map, just trolling, and they were like, we, we went in the game chat real quick, and they were screaming, like, what are these guys doing? Kick them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember we were when we were playing Duck Hunt, We were, you know how you could just, like, spam the bubble shields oh yes <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. we were just like throwing bubble shields and then the guy who was the sniper was getting so mad because yeah. we were just like we weren't gonna win by any stretch of the imagination but we were just wasting the entire time because we didn't like those people no and then like i forget how but there was a way we weren't able to get kicked like i think they would kick one of us out but like we would get joined back or something. Oh, I think I think it was an open game and they're dumb. Oh, and they didn't know. Dude, that's <laughs> yeah. right. There was these guys were so dumb that one of them was on our friends list. So we joined his lobby because they kept kicking us and we were able to join back. So then they got tired of kicking us. Yeah, and then we invited. I think we invited like random people too. Like I, I, at some point, like that they didn't know. I, I think we invited Chris. That's right. Yes, Chris yeah, eventually yeah. came in and he joined our party chat and was just like, "Who are these guys?" Like. Dude, we don't like any of them. We're just trolling them. Like, this is, this is before, like, trolling had a real term, you know? Like, we didn't know what the hell trolling was. You know, we weren't, like, making fun of them or anything like that. Yeah, we were just throwing bubble shields. <laughs> Nothing crazy. Throwing bubble shields and dancing around in the arena maps, dude. <laughs> that was such a good time. Memories like that are just, like, you just can't get memories like that other than, you know, like, just playing on Xbox and Xbox Live. Because, you know, single-player games are cool and all, and I love I loved those experiences, but... God, some of the Xbox Live and multiplayer memories we'll have are just, they're just, you can't forget them, you know? Exactly. And it's interesting because I think Halo is like my first gaming experience where I felt like I really wanted to be good at the game. Me too. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Because like, I remember I would just, even if no one was online, honestly, most of the time everyone was online on weekends, but I would go on like every day, which was really bad. But um, <laughs> I was definitely addicted, but um, I would go on. 
and I, I remember I, I joined a clan. I was like in sixth grade and I joined I joined a clan with I mean, granted everyone who played the game was roughly our age. So it's like there was a couple of people who were like in their twenties and their thirties and stuff, but I was like I was like twelve, you know, chilling. <laughs> twelve. <laughs> Probably honestly younger, maybe like eleven. But um I remember I joined a clan with people. Um and we had names like give i i was given the name tank i don't remember why uh but um but yeah i was just in a halo clan and we would play like ranked lobbies and we were trying to get better and eventually i just remember i became really good at the game when i was like 12 and by really good i mean like i definitely wouldn't be um mlg standards but like for someone who was very casual like i would do really well every single game my my kd was really good you know, and I was really, I was like really serious about getting better at the game, which is probably one of the only times I've ever felt that way about a game. Yeah, I would say the other time was like Melee back at the end of high school. True, um, true. Yeah. Although, you know, it was, we knew there was a certain cur- learning curve and ceiling that we could hit because the game is just really hard, just keeping it real. But Halo, like, the appeal of Halo was, it was, everyone was on an equal footing. You know, we started with the same guns. We started on the same spawns on the map, you know, and there wasn't too many, like, intricacies in terms of controls and hidden moves that you had to know like you do in, in Melee. So I mm-hmm. feel like it was easier to get good at that. When I played console for Halo, I was so bad because I played on PC for all these shooter games because that's what my dad and my brother grew up with. So that's what I played on. It took me a while, but I was so determined to get used to the the movement and the mechanics of playing on a controller just to play Halo, and eventually I got it, and eventually you know you me and Jack and Tom just became like pretty pretty good at the game, and yeah. we would go in lobbies and we would just like kind of wreck people, and I remember there we did like those high no not high school um those middle school challenges like okay this guy's group of friends there's our group of friends we usually end up winning most of the time. Yeah, for sure. We were we were pretty good for for middle scores. <laughs> for, for middle scores, we weren't bad, honestly. Um, and then of course the campaign, we had fun with the glitches because there were so many like you know off the map glitches you were able to go to that Tom found oh, yeah. out. Yeah, I was gonna say our friend Tom knew every single glitch he in knew, the game. He in knew the all of them. He take us around. He's like, guys, just follow me. Trust me, this is gonna be awesome. Like the last level, there was glitches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I always felt like I was going on like some sort of like adventure. And it was like a mystery. He was our guide through this mysterious world. It was it was really fun. Like, and we just end up outside the map, and we just like screw around outside the map for hours, just doing absolutely nothing besides like you know seeing all the frames like frames dropping and screen tearing that was <laughs> yes. going on. Oh, like there was actually nothing to do, but it was just cool because it was something you weren't supposed to be able to do. Right, you know? and then because people had those memories for Halo Combat Evolved, but for us it was Halo Three. And just having those memories and remembering, like, all the little glitches. Because even still now, like, going back in Halo, playing Halo 3 sometimes and, and going through the campaign again and f- seeing those areas. Like, I remember some of the places that he took us. Like, and you'll just never play the same level again because, like, oh, yeah, you go here and then you could stay on the platform without a falling. So, stuff like that was really cool about the game. Because then the thing is when we liked Halo Reach, but it wasn't the same, you know? Oh, no. It wasn't I, the I remember- same. I really enjoyed Halo Reach in the beginning and then towards the end. In the middle, I got really kind of like, it lost its appeal to me because it just wasn't Halo 3. But I remember right right before the game, like Halo Reach died, I played it a little bit again and I started to like it. Never nearly as much as Halo 3, but I played it a little bit and I kind of liked it because I thought it was like, 
all the people who were doing really annoying things and moved on. So it was like a little bit better. But I mean, and I, I think Reach is a good game. I just think it could never match the experiences we had on Halo 3. Oh, exactly. There was the incredible hype. There was so much hype around Halo Reach. Like I remember just, you know, we would watch all these videos on it and just get hype. But going back and play Halo Reach now in the Master Chief Collection, because they, they changed a lot of stuff. Like they added the bleed through damage. They took out Bloom in a lot of cases. And it, the game is just so much better, really. They 343 just, that's probably the best thing that they did was kind of make Halo Reach better. And playing on PC now, they, they limited the amount of Forge World maps. And now you mostly get the remastered Halo Comet of All maps plus the, oh, that's the real maps. So, yeah, it's it's a much better experience. And going back to it now is great, but I'm with you. The beginning of Halo Reach was fun. The middle wasn't, wasn't as fun. We would just usually play Halo 3 at that point. And towards the end, when... You know the 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 last days of the 360. Um, you know we enjoyed we enjoyed those times, but then mm. but then we got into melee in high oh, school, yes, melee. which was awesome. Which is we still watch melee all the time, and I still love melee. It's such a great game. Well, I love melee. I don't play it as much because a lot of repetition to remember skills and and this in the ceiling to get good is high. But I love watching melee. Uh, for me with melee, my like melee journey um i keep describing things as journeys but um <laughs> what's it called i remember because i remember my brother he was if you remember he was um a developer for like a smash fan game it was called super smash brothers crusade yeah so it's like if anyone's ever played super smash flash 2 it's like a similar it's like a competitor to that it was pretty well made I remember when you went to the convention in, in high school. Yeah, I, I think I went to um it wasn't just any convention. I went to like Apex twenty thirteen. Oh, and it was Apex. Yeah, oh. yeah, it was Apex. And it's funny because at the time oh. I remember I missed like two days of school to go to Apex. I remember I that. Didn't, I didn't I know didn't it was know Apex, anything. but I remember yeah, yeah. when you missed school. I um I think it was tenth grade I went. I didn't know anything yep, about tenth grade because um, I remember in English class they're like, "Where's Jeremy?" I'm like, "He's not gonna be here for a couple of days." Yeah, he he's at he's at a tournament, a Smash tournament. But yeah, at the time I didn't know like anything. I think I went to um the the type the tournaments I went to I went to in Apex. I went to two Apexes actually. I went to um uh, a Zenith, which was like another kind of tournament that was around the Apex era, and I went to um. I think I went to a skatar for like a, which is like a New Jersey tournament. Um, but yeah, those are the um, tournaments I went to because that's those are tournaments that like my that my brother's game, well the the game he was helping work on working on was at right. So yeah, it was interesting to to be at those tournaments and not know anything. And I remember I'd see people like. I have memories of like meeting these Smash players who I watch now, and I I haven't been to a tournament since because I'm not like huge on t going and competing. But Same. like I I've been like a spectator since probably like 2013 14 kind of just kind of casually. I mostly got into it in 2015 when we were yeah because you you and Jack school. really got me into it in 2014 because I remember you guys just randomly started talking about melee. And I'm like, what's so special? Like, why not just play Brawl? Because I was so no. ignorant. Like, like you know, <laughs> more, so more characters, guys, more characters. But it's like you show me these matches. I'm like, holy crap, you're right. You know, and it's like now I can't enjoy Brawl the same just because once well, you see it. I still love and respect Brawl for what it is. Me but too. I've always, but I've always loved Melee. Me too. Yeah, man. Just going going to Melee and, and even Project M is just like, holy crap, I'd rather play this than Brawl. You know, like just the mechanics are so much 
better and faster. If one thing I remember, I, even growing up, I always, for some reason, I always really liked Melee more than, like, even when Brawl came out, I, like, I always wanted to go back and, like, play Melee again a little bit. Oh, really? And Yeah. Like, I, I always really liked Melee. And it was interesting because, you know, once we started getting into it, I remember senior year in high school is when I actually, like, started trying to learn tech and stuff. Yep, me too. And... Yeah, and it was funny because I had this group of people in college who I would occasionally go and play games with, and they played they played Melee and Project M and stuff. So I got like pretty good, and by pretty good I mean for someone who never entered tournaments, I was like respectably good at the game. Right. But um, I haven't played very often since. I still go on netplay sometimes. I made it to like gold something not that long ago, so I was I'm okay, but. It's, I've never had the same drive for Melee as I did for Halo. Exactly. I think, and again, I think because the skill curve is so high, and first, Halo is a team game, so, uh, in, mo- in most cases, so, you know, you have your teammates and stuff like that. The, Melee is one-on-one, and the amount of knowledge and, and skill curve in Melee, I think, is much higher than Halo, in terms of starting from scratch, really. Yeah, I can agree with that. I'd say, I feel like it was more... And the beginning of Melee is hard to get. Like, I think once you get all of the basic tech down, it's a lot more validating to move forward. But I think it's hard to, like, it's hard to just... Because there's a big barrier to entry in Melee, where it's like, oh, if you want to keep up with other people, you need to L-cancel, wave dash, like... Well, that's how it feels. It's like, oh, I need to... Like, you can realistically play Melee without knowing how to do these things, and you'd be fine. Like, you wouldn't be good, but you could still play the game without knowing how to do these things. But, you know, I think it just feels like, oh, all these good players are doing it. I need to do this, too. You know? Exactly. No, exactly. You're 100% right. But there is a funny story, because I think you'll remember this, because I never liked the idea of prom in high school. I I was just all so stupid or whatever. So I remember (laughs) 2015, because it was like, I think the day or, or some before the graduation, instead of going to prom, me and my brother played Melee all day. <laughs> it's really sad. No, no that's but, not sad. But, um, Sounds like a good time. It was a great time, and I had much more fun than I would at prom. Because everyone who went to prom that I know said, yeah, it was really – it was boring. It sucked. I'm like, yep, I played, I played Melee instead. It was a great time. Melee is a good game. I remember one thing that was funny. I remember – because we were kind of trying to learn Melee at a similar time. I remember you thought you could L cancel like everything. And if for those who don't know, L canceling means like if you press a button when you land in melee, there's less lag on your move, so it takes less time. I remember you would just press L every time you did anything, like you're trying to L cancel like jumps oh, and yeah. lasers and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, Justin, that's not I was like I had to like back up for a second, like, whoa, no, hold on. You're, I was like, what I think the you're hell? misinterpreting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, with um with this game melee here, it was it's definitely it was more difficult for us to understand than I'd say Halo, but it was still, I feel like we've gotten a lot out of watching it and a lot out of, you know, it's a very good spectator sport for sure. Oh, absolutely. It's funny because when people say like, what I like to watch in terms of like, you know, competition, I always say, I love to watch the NBA. That's always, that always has been. It's still my favorite sport to this day. I love to watch, uh, you know, Eagles football cause I'm an Eagles fan and I love to watch melee. Like those are my three go-to competition sports if you want to call it that um, yeah you know one being an e-sport and then you know the two being you know more traditional sports because the thing about melee 
that I like over other esports is just because of the personalities too. Like everyone has like oh, a absolutely. stark personality. You know, you have Mango, the guy who's you know partying all night, but is able to. You know, he's like the Shaquille O'Neal of of melee. I think the guy who's just streaming on Twitch, you know, having fun, partying, and then be the world's best player for oh, for, for quite a long time. Then you have Armado, like. I always call him like the Kobe Bryant of Melee, you know, always in the lab, always studying the game, loves the game, just has a full tenacity to get good. I, I just love those personalities too. And then the whole like social media aspect to it is fun. Like I remember I actually got you into Twitter because of Smash and I'm like, You actually you did. You yeah. need to get a Twitter because all these guys are on there and it's hilarious. And you're like, Okay, I'll get it. And then and like, that's the only <laughs> I still use Twitter to this day and still the only reason I have it is to read what people have to say. I never on post Smash. anything. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the Smash is like the best part because you never know when you're gonna gonna get another eleven versus Salem again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean like it's it's all about you get to follow like these people and they become tangible people to you. Right. It's like, I feel like it's not the, the one with thing with esports celebrities kind of going back to the idea of video game celebrities for a second is they feel like more tangible people than you'll ever feel about like a mainstream celebrity in my opinion. Yeah. Cause it's like, even if you still don't really directly interact with these people, it's like, they'll sometimes for better or worse post their true thoughts on social media and stuff and they'll like they'll post things on social media that makes you like feel more connected to them than say a celebrity who clearly is just posting something promoting something or you know right things for like a brand that. or something absolutely because they you know even though they're you know semi-famous guys like the you know the lessons the mangoes and stuff like most of the time they can walk out into the street and people won't really know who they are but it, it's cool that you when you when you do get to meet these guys that like they are kind of in this different realm but at the same time they're very down to earth like mango yeah, exactly. like during tournaments and stuff like that like he'll take the time sign autographs you know take pictures of him chill that's the kind of stuff i really like about the, these these esports guys and specifically the melee players is because they're they're pretty humble and also mm -hmm. it doesn't really help that nintendo doesn't really put any money into into you know melee and smash ultimate in general yeah and it's a shame because they just established that smash world tour and that was going to be a huge thing right and now this whole coronavirus thing is unfortunately because it's not really allowed or safe to have gatherings of that many people so it's like they had to cancel a lot of events. I'm sure they'll reschedule it. I'm sure like that it'll be fine. But. Yeah, I'm sure they're facing a lot of similar issues that other leagues are right now. So you know they'll get mm -hmm. they'll they'll be able to to figure out and bounce back from it. You know it's it's crazy. So hopefully, because I do want to go to Apex 2020, dude. Like I'm so excited for that. Yeah, they just they just started that, and that's and I, I'm sure it's it's still in the New Jersey area, right? Is it, uh, it's yeah, no, it's been, still in Sea Caucus. Yeah. yeah, it's still in Sea Caucus, which is close to me. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, because I know I know it was it was historically at Rutgers University for a number of years. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're they're moving it because I remember it was in Rutgers is in Sea Caucus, I think, but I'm pretty sure Apex 2020 is still going to be in Sea Caucus. Yeah, I, I mean, like they might have expanded to a convention center or something. I'm just saying historically that's been like the venue for it. Right, and now and now Melee can fill like a lot of these convention centers, which is awesome. Because back in the day, man. Uh, the Smash documentary, by the way, is an excellent documentary. Yeah, everybody should watch it. Everyone should watch it, and you got me into it. Even if you're just a fan of games or, or you're just curious, it's such a good documentary. 
even if you're just bored because say we're all bored during this time of isolation it's cool to just watch well-made documentaries on things that maybe you don't i mean in my opinion maybe you don't even know anything about so like it's just a well-made documentary that documents the history of a gaming community oh yeah absolutely and i i hope the the sequel comes out soon i know he's trying to get like a sponsor or something because that's gonna be awesome it's been in progress for a number of a number of years um and i know when it comes out it's gonna be really amazing so i'm i'm looking forward to it yep me too and the thing, the thing about that though is, it's gonna come out sooner than the brawl documentary. So, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that whole that whole drama with the brawl documentary. Uh, yeah. Um, for those who don't know, basically there was so there was a Super Smash Brothers Melee community documentary that was met with great reception. Everybody loved it, but in the documentary they portrayed Super Smash Brothers Brawl, the sequel to Melee, in a very negative light which upset a lot of people in the Super Smash Brothers Brawl community. Rightfully so. Someone was like, we have our own history. I'm going to make a documentary that shows that history. And that's a perfectly valid idea. And that sounds like a really cool thing to do. But he made a GoFundMe or some sort of like Kickstarter or something like that to raise money so he could have production for that documentary. And he hasn't really been working on it. And he kind of just took the money and um, it's a lot of people are accusing him of uh, scamming people out of their money. I, I, don't, I don't really know behind the scenes what's actually happening, but I'm just saying that's that's the context on that joke. Kind of moving on because some people might be wondering, well, why'd you guys all of a sudden get into Melee, you know, in, in 2014, 2015? Well, the thing was, that was kind of a dark time for Nintendo, I think, because of the Wii U. Now, <laughs> oh, I love the Wii U. Now, I want to talk about the Wii U because, for me, I want to know, first off, like, what the hell happened that Nintendo thought that the Wii U naming was going to be a good idea? That's a great question. <laughs> because Reggie, I am... Reggie said he was never a fan of the name. I think the main flaw with the Wii U was there's always been a joke that the Wii U is just two Wiis glued together. Because it's just, it technically has the processing power of two Wiis. Yep, it does. Which it's, is like, yeah. So, and like, it's actually like kind of like twice the size of the Wii. So, it's a very valid joke. And I think just the fact that it's not that much more powerful than the Wii, and combined with the fact that it's literally just named the Wii U, it's kind of like a, just a, a sequel console. And I mean, to be fair, in some ways that works. Like for the PlayStation, they've always just been like PlayStation 2, 3, 4, you know? So, the marketing on having a sequel console isn't totally unsuccessful, but if you just name it the Wii U, I feel like people who aren't as up-to-date on consoles might get confused and just be like, isn't this just the Wii? But like a PlayStation 4 is clearly different from a PlayStation 3. But if you had a U, some people might think it's just like, oh, this is just a new version of the Wii. It's not a new console, you know? Yeah, and I remember even at E3 when they were showcasing the Wii U, and even I was just like, is this an add-on for the Wii? Like, I wasn't sure. It wasn't – the messaging wasn't clear even from the very beginning. Yeah, and that marketing – the marketing for the Wii U was always very poor. And because I'm thinking about it, like, the Xbox 360 had the arcade, the Elite. And, like, that sounds the same marketing-wise as the Wii U, you know? Right. And it's, it's the same family because the arcade was the same family. They're just different models of the 360. The Wii U, you would think it was just a different model of the Wii. Yeah, you'd think it was a model that comes with 
this gamepad thing. And it kind of is just a new model of the Wii that has functionality with the gamepad. And I think the gamepad was a good idea, just poorly executed. And I think they took the good ideas from the gamepad and put it to the Switch. It's funny because I heard someone say, what's the Wii U Classic going to be? And I, and then someone said, the Wii U Classic is just the Switch. Because the Switch, you can play all the Wii U games now, basically. <laughs> it, honestly, yeah, they're, they're not going to make a Wii U Classic. Because <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, no. <laughs> I think Nintendo fully acknowledges that the Wii U like financially was a failure. I know. It took them forever to realize that. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's hard to acknowledge that your console of a generation is a failure, you know? Because, like, you can't really go back on that. It's funny, because one of my cousins, he um he does accounting, and he was living in Japan for a number of years, and he did accounting for Nintendo. Oh, really? I don't think you ever told me that. No, I just found this out very recently. Oh, wow. But, um, and he's not, like, huge on games or anything, but he, um, he was talking about how, like, because I think one of my younger cousins who was at the same thing, had a Switch, and he was talking about how he knew things about... Like, he was talking to Nintendo and doing their finances and stuff. And I, I really should have asked him, like, how they were during the Wii U era. I didn't really think to do that. Because the, the 3DS was keeping them afloat. Because the 3DS oh, at, at first... Because you got the 3D, 3DS when it first came out. I did, yeah. I, at first, it was, um, it was not a big success. Because there wasn't enough games. And I feel like Nintendo used to have that problem, basically, where they would just... They would release something new, and there just wouldn't be enough games. And I know there was an argument that that was the case for the Switch, too. But I think now it's very much settled out, and there's plenty of games to play. Right, because you got third-party support on the Switch now, which you didn't exactly. have for the Wii U. Yeah, there's there, and plus they're like remaking a lot of um, lot of older games from other consoles and just putting them on the Switch. And the appeal to that is this is more portable than... This is this is the only portable console. Like, yes, you could have like a laptop where you could play these games, but it's not. That's the same. extremely expensive. Yeah, you could get a Switch for like three hundred bucks. Three hundred bucks for the docked version. Two hundred bucks for a not docked version. Yeah, and then you could play a game like Skyrim on the go. Yeah, or you could play a game like Bioshock. Just, they, yeah, I was gonna say they just announced Bioshock being transferred transferred too. I think, um, or that was old, but they announced a couple new games too, being ported to the Switch. So the appeal is like, oh. You could have this portable console you can bring anywhere, and you could play all these games that you love, portable, even if you don't have a ex super expensive laptop. And it's really great. So it's like, even though, yes, these are just games that they have on old consoles, I mean, you have on other consoles, it's like the appeal of the Switch is different. And that was totally a tangent, but yeah. The, um... <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's all good, man, because they're all related. Yeah, and but the 3DS, the problem was it was too expensive and they didn't have that many games. And I remember I got the 3DS, like, it was either, like, week one or day one. Oh, you were, like, the first one I knew who had a 3DS before anybody. Yeah, it's because it's because me and my brother split it. And I remember I was really reluctant to get it because I'm like, I don't even like, have, there's not even any games I want for the thing right yeah, now. Yeah, Ocarina of Time 3D, which is a great game, but, I mean, that was it. Yeah, and I, I had um Ocarina of Time on my Wii the virtual console right so i i had already played i mean ocarina of time 3d is great i love it but i'm saying like that was like the only game that i was even interested in yeah it's not a system seller yeah and i it's 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 interesting because i think nintendo acknowledged that it was overpriced at the beginning and they didn't really it didn't have a good launch so they gave like it was called the ambassador program i was gonna say because you made out bank yeah i i ended up getting like I think it was like 10 to 15 virtual titles just for just for owning the 3DS ahead of time. 
so they really wanted to like compensate you and that's one thing i think was really was really good about the way they handled their launch and those games have never been released ever again so that's what i'm saying it's like you got the 3ds early on but you made out really well because you can't get those games anywhere exactly so they which is crazy (laughs) yeah they definitely like they acknowledged their mistake and they tried to correct it which was good nintendo doesn't always acknowledge their mistakes so it's really nice when they do yeah, the price the price cut was what saved the 3DS. Oh, absolutely. That price cut made a lot of people, including myself, end up getting one because it just made it so much more appealing. And then more oh, games absolutely. started coming out for it. You know, the the, the first party games starting to get a lot better for it. Oh yeah, the price cut was kind of timed along with the launch of a lot of good games. So it was like it was basically like they were releasing a new console along with a bunch of games. Because like no, the the 3ds wasn't really like an appealing console until the price cut, and they did the price cut, and then they launched a bunch of games, and everybody was like, "Oh, I want a 3ds." The good thing for Nintendo is that they're the only they're the only gaming company that still cares about handheld, like the ability to be able to be on the go and playing games. So that was their main like marketing appeal. And even though the Wii U was a huge flop. People were saying Nintendo should just stitch, stick to handheld games. And they're like, you know what? Why don't we do both in the same console? And I think it was extremely smart. And that was the smartest thing they did. Because even for me, because I, again, I had the 3DS, but the Wii U did not appeal to me at all. I didn't buy it. I put it at, you know, your guys' house and was and was satisfied with it. It was fine. Because, you know, I, as much as I love Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, they're my favorite Zelda games. It wasn't enough for me to buy the Wii U because I didn't mind playing the original versions. Even though they're they're amazing remakes, and I really hope they come to the Switch sometime soon. Oh, that'd be awesome! You know, I, I really I think they will eventually, but I want them pretty bad. So the Switch, when they first announced that console, I was sold right away on the concept. I'm like, if this thing really works, I think this thing is going to be really badass. And I think a lot of people felt that way too, because at first it was it was really hard to get your hands on because it was selling out very well. But then when they started adding the third-party support, which I didn't even see coming, and I don't think anyone really saw coming how big the third-party support was, that completely changed the direction of Nintendo and really like made them now like a, a top competitor because now they sold, they they outsold the Xbox One, I believe, right? Like in just half the time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they outsold the Xbox One in about half the time. They, the sales for the Switch have been very, very good, especially right now. I don't know if I was I was kind of like joking around with a friend of mine that I was going to buy her a switch. And um, I was trying to find switches online and they're, they're sold, sold out. out. I know yeah. they're sold they're out everywhere. Get one. Like the regular the regular docked switch, the, the light, the light one, they still have some available. So if anyone out there needs a switch, the light one is still available. You just can't dock it to your TV. But um, I don't work for Nintendo. I just wanted to say I spent like I spent like a couple hours looking for this. I was looking everywhere. And I could not find a docked Switch for less than like $400 to $500. Which is crazy because that's what it was like when it first came out. I know. And now it's happening again. And I, th- I think partly, partly has to do with people staying inside. I also think partly has to do with, you know, the manufacturing in China. But it's crazy how, how in demand the Switch is now. Still. Yeah, it's crazy how it kind of looped back. I mean, I think the Switch was always in demand. But I think now, I think Animal Crossing has been really good for people wanting to buy the Switch, especially because everybody on Twitter is talking about how Animal Crossing is such a good game to be playing during isolation because it's like, oh, I'm like, 
I'm building up this thing slowly and oh, slowly. Oh yeah, and I think it, I think it outsold Pokemon already, or it's, or in uh, terms oh, of I'm sure it did. In yeah. terms of initial launch, I think it did. I mean, to be fair, Pokemon also had that like whole controversy behind it when it launched. I don't right, know but it still that, sold but... very well. It still oh, sold it's very still, well. It still sold really well. Yeah, yeah. but um, it's very interesting how you know just how like because Animal Crossing has always been big, but I don't think it's ever been this big, or it's like a phenomenon that everyone's playing because i feel like even the most random people who you'd never expect to be playing this game are now playing it and it's awesome right and there's this guy i work with too who same kind of deal he's into shooters hardcore you know dark souls like really into games i'm like dude i think it'd be hilarious if you play animal crossing he's like honestly i've been thinking about it <laughs> it's like he should definitely do it. people i'm like dude you should stream it you get like I, I i told him like i guarantee if you stream this game with face cam you would get like a couple thousand views on twitch like i'm not even joking <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's so crazy funny. like and you need a switch to play this game so it's like oh well and i know for me personally i've really been enjoying like my most of my gaming experiences recently if i have any time have been switch games like i played uh, i've been playing a lot of animal crossing recently because it just came out obviously um and i it's funny because i i didn't pre-order or anything i just kind of like last minute digitally downloaded oh it me too no i got it out. like yeah. last the, the saturday after you know because it came out on that friday and then that set next saturday i was like screw it i'm just gonna buy it like i didn't Same. pre-order it either yeah yeah i was like i was like i kind of want to play i was thinking about it and I was like, and that's the cool thing about the digital age we live in now. It's like, if I last minute decide, you know what? I want this game, whatever. I got it the morning after, like at the Friday morning, I think is when I got it. I, I don't, I just downloaded it and I was like, cool. It's there. Yeah, play, it's just there. Play Animal Crossing. Yeah. <laughs> and I played, I played it a lot the first day. But um, yeah, Animal Crossing's great. And I've been playing, um, I played Pokemon. I haven't finished Pokemon Shield I've been really bad with new Pokemon games where it's like... Yeah, I like I like it, but I don't love it. You know, that's yeah. kind of where I'm at. It's I much prefer Gen 3, Gen 4. I just, I don't know. This one wasn't, didn't hook me as much. I finished it, but it didn't really hook me. I, I really, I've been enjoying it. But for me, the main appeal for Pokemon for me has been Pokemon Showdown, going online, making teams. And oh, absolutely. Battling. I love the yeah. world of Pokemon is my absolute favorite. You know, the world, the the characters, the, you know, the Pokemon themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I love, like, battling with them, but part of me, like, gets kind of caught up. Do Like, I, I'm like, oh, do I really feel like battling this gym right now? I'm like, eh, yeah. I'll play something else. Exactly. You know? you know? But, like, and it's I love the Pokemon games, and honestly, like you said, Gen 3, Gen 4, I'll download a emulator i mean i'll i'll play it i'll restart my game on my game boy right uh, that's what i mean um, every so often and i'll um and i'll just play uh play emerald or i'll play diamond or i'll play heart gold and there is um you know it, there's a lot of appeal to that those games for me because for those games i'll always be able to run through them again but i think part of that is totally nostalgia and also i can just you know go through it very fast if i want to yeah and they're just so much fun yeah they're they're great games and i think Pokemon Shield is a fun game, and I really do like it. Yeah, but me too. I think I'd, I think I'd rather, for me, Pokemon. My main appeal for Pokemon right now is the competitive battling, and I can do that without finishing the game. Yeah, and Pokemon Showdown is the best way to do it because you don't have to grind to get your, you know, stats and EVs up. Yeah, exactly. The grind, the grind aspect is is not there. No. You know, it's all about it's all about like the knowledge, and I know a lot about Pokemon. And if you ask me any Pokemon questions, I could probably answer them. Um, to be honest, I used to be able to name every single Pokemon, like, 
easily if you showed me a picture like it's in in gen up to gen six i could easily do it gen seven and eight i'm a little shaky on i won't lie i know i know all the really good pokemon that are competitively viable for gen <laughs> seven and eight but that's all i could really tell you but um i really like pokemon and I've played a lot of Fire Emblem Three Houses. I, I've been playing, honestly, mostly my majority of my gaming experiences recently have just been playing Fire Emblem. I really like Fire Emblem. It's been, it's been really fun. Now, I did want to end on the last thing because we talked about digital games. What the hell is going on with GameStop? And do you see a future for them? Oh, yes. GameStop. I don't think there's a future for them. I don't think Reggie's going to turn this thing around. I just see this, this ship is sinking and there's no way for it to bounce it back out of the ocean yeah gamestop is an interesting case because i i don't know if you've spent any time on the gamestop subreddit i have for those who don't know um they have decided to go against everyone and deem that they are an essential service because they feel that you know kids need something to do during this time period there's an argument there but i feel like it's not a valid argument and if the state demands that they close they should have closed because now it's a pr nightmare but um, yeah, they sent a know. memo out to managers like like if a law enforcement official comes in this is what you have to read to them saying we're essential like that's so crazy yeah that's that's wild to me yeah gamestop is i feel like they've always had like a flaw to their to their business model that everybody's always acknowledged it's it's their policy on used games you can buy a game for them for 60 bucks and then walk out the door, walk back in and be like, you know what? I decided that I don't really feel like having this game. And if you returned it, they'd be like, that'll be 12. You'll, you'll get $12 back. You could have literally not opened the game and returned it the second after, but you know, they, they can't give you a retail price. I don't know. People have always criticized GameStop for that. And I think, you know, just with the, the digital age now, like you were saying before, you can buy a game online anywhere like amazon has games that you could like literally i just go online if i'm like oh i kind of want to buy this game i'll just go on amazon i'll buy it it'll come the thing is as well that's that's annoying about gamestop right i have two two stories what first one's quick it's like yesterday for example right um my brother and me we want to play borderlands 3 and so it was on sale on the um on the digital the humble store right gamestop right. it's it was half off Right, so it's thirty bucks. GameStop would not try to price match that to be competitive. They would still say, "Nope, same game, sixty dollars everywhere." Well, I could get the game digitally, have it downloaded right in my house, or I could try to support you guys and give you business. Nope, no price matching. So that's number one. Number two is I feel like every time I go into GameStop to try to find something I want, whether it be a retro game or even just an accessory, they don't have it. Couple, uh, a couple months ago, right? My dad does a lot of 3D printing, so he modded me uh, a new shell for my Nintendo Switch dock. So now it's portable because for my work, sometimes I'm traveling and I like to take my Switch and play on the TV in the hotel room. To do that, I have a you know new dock that I just want to unplug for my TV set, but have a separate HDMI cable, have a separate power supply so I don't have to mess with my entertainment center. So I go to GameStop and I say, hey, I need an official Nintendo Switch AC adapter because I need to use it for my dock because the 30, third party one won't work and it's not recommended. The guy in the front, who's the store manager, and again, this GameStop will be nameless. He's the store okay. manager. He says, Nintendo doesn't sell that. What? 
Nintendo, what do you mean Nintendo doesn't sold it, sell it? I see on your website you're supposed to carry it in this store. Well, uh, you know, Nintendo doesn't really like to give us those kind of official accessories and stuff. I said, look, dude, I said, I'm trying to support you guys. I'm trying to keep you guys afloat, but I can't keep playing these games, man, because otherwise I'm just going to go home and order it. He's like, well, good luck going home and ordering because you won't be able to find it. I said, really? I said, you're telling me that when I go home and I look it up, I won't be able to find the official Nintendo Switch power supply from a website and get it mailed to my house? He said, no, you won't. I said, okay, no problem. I left the store, went back to my home, went to my computer, and what did I find on Amazon for, for cheap, for 20 bucks? The official Nintendo Switch AC power supply. So don't tell me that, GameStop, when I literally went home and found it. So that kind of crap pisses me off. And don't even get me started about the refurbished consoles. Those things mm, yeah. ain't refurbished, dude. They ain't refurbished. They're just given back and then immediately sold again. They aren't tested. There's People have literally had roaches and bed bugs in their damn console <laughs> when they bring it home. What, uh, what kind of service is that? You're trying to sell me a refurbished console and there's bed bugs in it? That's disgusting. It smells like cigarettes and an ashtray, dude. Like, no. I don't want... Granted, I know... I know we're hitting the ninth generation of consoles. I know there's only so much they can do. But don't tell me that cleaning it and making it smell better and getting rid of the goddamn bed bugs and roaches is more than what they can handle. <laughs> you know? I'm sure they can handle that, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I think God. part of the problem with um, just retailers in general like the main problem is the online competition i worked for target for like two years and i know the main thing that target was trying to do to combat online was to make things as you know comfortable and as good for their customers as possible right because the only appeal to going to a store in person now is it's a better experience so you have to make the experience good correct so that's the pro thing that GameStop is really missing, is <laughs> yeah. that they don't care about the customer experience. No, because the store manager is yelling at me when I'm trying to buy a product from him. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like you're just like, and you came in asking for something that is a necessary Switch accessory. You need the adapter in order to use your Switch on the TV. Yeah, like, it's like what if you even what if you lose it? You know, you go to a buddy's house and you lose that you lose it. You can't use your switch docked anymore, so you need to buy the official one. Don't try to tell me it doesn't exist. You know, there's only <laughs> one when you exists. get the switch, yeah. and that's the only one you get. No, I should be able to buy more of them at your store, your game store, man. Yeah, God. and I mean to be honest, if they just didn't have any in stock, they should have just been nice about it. Right. It just <sighs> don't try and pretend like you're an idiot. Because you are trying to buy a necessary accessory to one of the most accessible consoles. I know. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, it's like I have so many memories of going to GameStop. Like, I was just thinking the other day, like, I remember going and getting uh, Borderlands 2 from GameStop because, funny, f real quick side story, I remember at that stupid high school pep rally in ninth grade. Yes, I remember it was ninth grade exactly. And it was me and Tom, and we were and we were texting you because it's when we first got cell phones. We, that's when I first got a cell phone. We were texting you during the pep rally, and we're like, "Let's get Borderlands after this stupid thing because this is pissing us off so much that we all went to GameStop separately, of course, like our parents took us. We all went to GameStop. We got Borderlands too and had a great time. So we remember stories like that, and we want to have those memories again. But the store has to be able to 
work with the customer and give us a reason for going in there because otherwise we could just download the damn game and play it whenever we want. Yeah, I mean, like, there's more of, like, an experience out of going to a store and buying something because then you get all excited on your way home and you're like, oh, man. It's like there is an ex- a sense of an experience of going to a store and shopping for something. Oh, absolutely. I have, I have so many memories of going to toy stores. The same thing of Toys R Us and getting a huge Star Wars and Lego fan and getting Star Wars figures and Lego sets. Like I remember those. I want to have yeah. memories like that, but you got to make me want to come in because otherwise I'll go for the place that's cheaper. Exactly. Either cheaper or just like better in every way right (laughs) it's what it it feels like like don't don't ask me when i when i'm trying to you know buy an accessory do you want to pre-order this game no do i want to pre-order that game hell no do you want to watch this short video on our tv promoting this no i don't want to be walking into a freaking commercial yeah and and just just to say it's not the employee's fault except that one manager you you mentioned very dumb but it's it's store policy for them to say to take to give you very limited amounts of money back for things and absolutely to ask you about their power up rewards and all that kind of stuff right it's store policy so it's not the the people who work there's fault by any means no They're just it's, trying their best it's corporate it's, yeah it's corporate's fault it's not I, again I don't I always am in the camp of this I never blame the worker like this is the same thing for transit and and anything like that right because yeah. people say oh public transit sucks or GameStop sucks yeah, the corporate people running it suck. The workers are just trying to make a living, or they're just trying yeah. to get paid. Unless if the worker is, like, rude to you or something, then don't blame the, yeah. Yeah, except if you have a rightful reason when the manager of the store is being, you know, rude. Like, like in this case, you know, like, that's different. But the regular worker who's just trying to do his job, and, you know, you have parents in there trying to yell at him and stuff like that like leave the guy alone man like it's not his fault that game stops tanking you know <laughs> I, I don't know if you remember just completely unrelated but i remember there was a, a rumor on uh, i saw on twitter which was totally wild and i didn't believe it that um gamestop was developing a coronavirus vaccine <laughs> oh god no i didn't see that it was like it someone made some like fake article about how GameStop was working on a coronavirus oh vaccine, my God. and I thought it was really funny because I knew it wasn't true. But I'm like, imagine if that's how they saved their company. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, dude, I don't know what their stores being shut down now, or they're doing curbside pickup. Which why would you want to go to curbside pickup anyway at a time like this for for a video game? I have no freaking idea, but. <laughs> Yeah, man. It's, I don't know what's going to save GameStop, if at all. Uh, I think Reggie just did it for a paycheck, to be honest with you. I think he was just like, you know, it's a retirement gig. If they do well, they do well. If they don't, I still make money. Yeah, because I know he's not running GameStop. He's just on the board of directors. So it's like, he's kind of just, he's involved, but I don't think he's like, if they tank, I don't think he'd be directly hurt too much by it. So it's no. like no, I don't think so either. I think it was again, it was just kind of like a retirement gig for him, and he doesn't really care. He's like, oh, the game, the gaming industry needs a GameStop. Well, no, they really don't. <laughs> the gaming industry just needs, you know, more direct to consumer videos, like what they're doing now with like Nintendo Direct, and you know, even though they're yeah. not as good, the Sony Directs and Microsoft Directs, like that's what people want. People don't want to go into GameStop and watch. You know, what's she's like some celebrity or something talking about games who clearly knows nothing about games. Yeah, yeah, I, no, you know what I'm I talking about. You, I know who you're talking about. I just don't know her name. Yeah, you like, always see, you always see on her on all of the GameStop ads. Yeah, it's know. like you know, I, look, yeah. look, you know, I understand you're, you. You want to put extra, you know, coin in your pocket. I get it. Trust me, I do the same thing. But 
it ain't working. Clearly, it's not working. You know? Clearly, you're not a gamer like me. So, like the only thing I really think could like save GameStop is if they have more retro stores because that is cool. You go, you go to a place, you get to pick up retro games, you get to pick up, um, you know, like old GameCube games and controllers and things like that. That stuff is cool. But to yeah. try to push modern day games down our throats for pre-order and stuff like that, it's it's just not gonna work. There has to be an appeal to go in there and. I don't know if those esports like centers are gonna work that they're trying to do. Did you see those? Like they're trying to make like gaming. I don't know if I know about that. What is that about? Yeah, they're trying to make. And some of them they experimented online. Um, they made like gaming, like gaming hubs. Like they actually put like some couches and computer chairs, like oh, you know, okay. gaming chairs and stuff. Like I think that's a really cool idea for people. You know, when we can start congregating again, for people to come in and play games and hang out with each other. I think it's a great idea, but. I don't necessarily know if that's going to save them because there are other businesses that are doing that and they're doing it better than GameStop. Like for right. uh, by me, there's this awesome arcade place that has retro games at arcade machines and they also have all consoles and stuff like that. Granted, you can't buy them, but you can play them for the game and hang out. So I'm curious what's going to happen with GameStop, but I just think when your backbone is used games and the used game deals aren't nearly as good as they used to be, I just don't see them yeah. surviving. It's because they just need to make it more consumer friendly. Right. You know, I think like, like you said, their backbone is this used game thing, but they're not getting a good influx of used games. If people aren't returning games to GameStop, because now you can just resell them online for a lot better prices. So it's like, if you make it more enticing for people to actually give you their games, like by actually giving them a good amount of money back, yeah, you're taking a slight loss on that front, but you'll probably get more people buying games if like GameStop's reputation gets better. You know, I'm glad granted I know nothing about business. I'm just kind of like, yeah. No, we're not business guys, but we're yeah. Well, the the only thing I know is that Breath of the Wild, that's three years old, used is fifty is fifty five dollars, new is sixty. Why would I go to GameStop used for fifty five dollars when the game is three years old when I could just download the game or get it cheaper elsewhere on a on you an e probably get sale. it on Amazon actually let me I'm curious let me look on Breath of the Wild on Amazon I'm pretty yeah, sure see how much it is because GameStop used should not be more than Amazon new for, 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 for I, I don't think it'd be game. more than Amazon new but I'm saying there's probably there's probably like used you know how like you can buy used on oh yes on you can buy too. used on Amazon yeah I'm curious oh it says right now the price for it is 49.49 new <laughs> um, so GameStop's trying to sell 60 bucks <laughs> for it oh my god I mean, granted, that's on sale. I don't know if it's on sale now specifically because of what's going on, but, you know, yeah, there's, it's like, and you could easily get it for used, I'm sure, for cheaper, like, because people, there's, there's independent sellers on Amazon that are selling things, you know, quite cheap. Yeah, man, it's going to be interesting uh, to see what happens with that company, but I think this is a, a really, really good conversations we had between, you know, gaming memories and, you know, the modern day gaming. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? And and by the way, I always say this too. Thank you so much for coming on the show because this was a oh, yeah, really fun episode. And we haven't had like a had fully, a we haven't had a fully like gaming centric episode yet. And this was, this was awesome. So I want to thank you for, for all my on. gamers out there. <laughs> this, this is all <laughs> for the gamers out there, dude. <laughs> this is, this is awesome. Uh, so was there anything else you want to add? Any last minute things? I think we talked about a lot of good stuff. Dude, well, yeah, out. you got to come back to the show <laughs> because there's plenty more stuff to talk about. 
obviously yeah, we I didn't mean, we didn't talk enough about wings of redemption we got oh dude on. we were supposed to we didn't so new, we should a, have a new we, episode on wings yeah of we'll have to do a whole like <laughs> like i'll send you a link to because review tech usa had an interview with wings so maybe we'll do a fun like youtube's youtube celebrities special we could do like a retrospective on people yeah like dude we should do like boogie you know like what's going on with boogie right Ooh, now yeah there's a lot going on with there's that. a lot going on with boogie you know guys like that so yeah we should that'll be i think that'll be fun stay tuned yeah. to that so everyone thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the generation zen podcast this is a great episode and i hope it cheered you up because we all need these good lighthearted episodes now and i hope everyone enjoyed so thank you all for tuning in and we'll see you all later bye